the 440th edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog has just added Pick'em Scorchers, where you can win 100 times your entry. That's right, turn $5 into $500 in just one game. Plus, every Sunday, they're giving away $100,000. Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus of up to $500. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Plus, the NBA is back and so is the NBA Gambling Podcast. To celebrate, we're giving away an NBA Gambling Podcast hoodie. Just head on over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash NBA dog for all the details. Heidi, Heidi Ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to episode 440 of the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts, Jeff Chalks Fox. I'm waiting for it. I don't I hear did, I it. Canceled, so I canceled the music this time. <laughs> I'm going to dedicate this episode to Gumby Vreeland for not playing the theme song twice. <laughs> Even though it's my brother's band, and I'm sure they wouldn't mind the song being played multiple times. But still, props to Gumby. Also props to Gumby for hitting... Arizona Diamondbacks to win NLCS plus one fifty something. So it's not just not just MMA. The man knows baseball as well, plus other things. So hopefully he knows regional MMA because that's what today is all about. LFA one seventy is going down on Friday. We're going to break it down with the top five fights of the night uh, and with Gumby's picks, his winning picks. I got to remember I'm on camera because I keep putting my finger up on my screen. So you probably just see a big finger coming up to the camera and probably scare some people, right? Big finger. Like I, don't th- Anyhow, I don't think it's scary. That's just good. That's just good TV. All right. It's like Matombo. Uh, all right. Let's bring in my co-host. He's already here. It's kind of weird bringing you in now because everyone can see that you're here. here but... and they see my face. Yeah. <laughs> it was more fun in the olden days when I'd make you wait. But it's going to be brilliant, everyone. It says Gumby on the screen right there. Yeah, so you already know who I am. Uh, yeah, you used to make me wait like 10 minutes. Like the first yeah, 10 minutes. We didn't have show. content back then. I've realized we did not have content back then. Yeah, I we did a I, lot of funny things to kill I don't time. think I don't think I could go back and listen to those. I think I'd feel <laughs> no, like cringy no. and stuff. It was just, yeah. it was filler. But now they yeah. let us fill enough time that we now have almost too much to do. We got, we got tons of to regional do. MMA this week and yep. good fights too. Yep. That's what episode 440 is going to be all about. Um, yeah, so Gumby, his Phillies hatred got him a winning pick with the Dimebacks, which is good. Um, I'm doing a World Series right up right now, so that will be on sportsgamblingpodcast.com very, very soon. So make sure you check out that site for all our winning picks, obviously. And Gumby, explain your hat today. Every day, every uh, time we record, Gumby has a new minor league baseball hat. Some people are interested in it. I'm interested in it. Super fan jog is. So tell us who it is and why it's a churro. Yeah, so so for people who are just on the audio medium, it's got the Giants colors. So it's orange on the side, black on the brim, white on the front. And it's got a churro swinging a baseball bat because it's the San Jose Giants, the minor league team. And they had like a Mexican night or something like that. So uh, obviously they went with a churro wearing a cowboy hat swinging uh, a baseball bat. An obvious choice. A churro and, with uh, a Mexican obvious, hat swinging a baseball what, bat. What else would you put on there? Exactly. <laughs> we'll see how long it, it, we can go before Gumby has to... Yeah 
wear a hat he's already worn. Maybe fans will send him hats and then he keep wearing new hats every day. You know, you know, that wouldn't be bad. <laughs> wouldn't be bad. I'll send you a Kitchener Panthers hat, our hometown minor league team, but it's not really. You have minor league baseball up in Canada? <laughs> it's like se- semi pro baseball, basically. Okay. It it's not affiliated or anything. It's like, yeah. you know, almost like a men's league, but, but it's, you know, very good and they, they get paid a bit. So you're saying they're they're a little bit better than the leagues that me and Mal uh from the MMA MLB Game League podcast play. Definitely for. definitely better than Mal's league over in uh, in England. I'm pretty sure it's better than that league, but who knows? I I love they have a bunch the of Dominicans in that league apparently. So I, I love yeah. the box scores because like he he posts them once in a while on socials and it's like 27 to 21 and stuff like that. It's yep. great. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you listen to MLB gambling podcast. Cause that's, uh, the, they do a better job than we do with, with the, well, maybe not actually our articles. No, did you, did you see what Mal? did you see the, the, they've got a post on socials right now. I know this is not an advertisement for them, but it can be, uh, there's a post on their socials right now. That's got Noah who, uh, isn't on the show so much anymore, but Noah, yeah. saying all the way back in last November to get in on the, the Rangers because they were going to spend a bunch of money in the offseason and be damn good. Yeah. And then it's got Mal, November 22nd, 2022, saying to put money on the Diamondbacks to win the World Series at 75-1. to 1. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, like, those guys, those two had it pegged, you know, yep. all that time ago. Incredible. Yep. Did we have uh, the UFC 295 main event falling out? Do we have that pegged or not? I, I think we might have said it would. <laughs> Probably. When it's two old guys, well, relatively speaking, two old guys that hardly ever fight, then yeah, it's it bound to happen. And in case you haven't heard the news, John Jones ripped a peck off the bone, which is something you, you hear body happening to bodybuilders and people who, who do steroids and whatnot. Not not casting, but it's true. I'm, I'm not uh, casting uh, dispersions uh, to a guy uh, a guy's way who's failed multiple drug tests, but still that, that that's the type of injury you hear from like, or, or like pro wrestlers, like triple H would always, when he was old, <laughs> when he was old, he would always rip muscles or Vince McMahon would rip muscles because you know, um, the, their muscles are bigger than they should be f- for their age. So anyhow, John Jones, regardless of how he did it, he ripped a pack. He's out of the fight. And we, have we heard anything about Stipe Miocic? Because uh, I've heard nothing about him, why he's not fighting. Instead, it's Pavlovich versus Aspinall for the interim belt, which is good. Um, maybe they can make heavyweight division uh, good again and, and get these old guys who barely fight out of there. But we haven't heard anything about Stipe, have we? We. Uh, I, I just heard he wasn't interested in fighting people not named John Jones, um, which sort of makes sense, right? Like we've been saying he's got one foot out the door. So if he's a person who believes you know, like this is a legacy fight against John Jones and he's pretty much done otherwise. Why would you risk it by fighting, you know, Tom Aspinall? Why would you go get your ass kicked by Tom Aspinall and then just be like, oh, well, I guess that did A, nothing for my legacy and B, didn't get me as fat of a paycheck, right? Because Jones versus Stipe, I think we can agree, is going to sell better than, you know, Stipe versus Aspinall or Stipe versus Pavlovich would have. Despite the fact yeah. that it's a you know a more deserving fighters fighting now, like Jones versus Stipe was going to sell really well. So you know, I think to him he was like, hey, it's not worth it to me. I'll just wait for Jones anyway. Jones wanted his retirement fight to me. We'll both fight and we'll just vacate whatever belt it is to these two much more young, deserving power punchers. Can we just make that like? Uh feature fight a super fight do we have to make it for, for the championship can't we just like leave put these guys off to the side and and have like the real young up-and-coming heavyweights fight for the belt instead I mean, of interim 
I would prefer that. I hate the term interim when we we know that like the other guy is going to come back and like defend one time, not against yeah, the guy with the. Back. I I mean you you're probably right at this point. It's like, a serious injury. It's like it's not a minor injury he has here. And, and like yeah. and for what? Like is Stepe going to wait around for him for ten months? I mean, like if he does, like what is Stepe even going to look like at that point? Or is the interim just so they don't have to make this the main event in Madison Square Gardens and they can put the light heavyweight title in the main event instead? Because they're big on. They don't, want, they don't want to put yeah. the big men on. They don't want to put the big yeah. men in the main event. Usually that's their thing. So I'm, I'm thinking uh, usually that, that's always they fall back on all the, the heavier heavier weight always headlines. So maybe this is this is their way out of that uh, because they don't want uh, that fight to headline. I don't know, but uh, we're, we're getting a better fight at least. In, if you're a hardcore fan, um, you're getting a better fight. On for sure card. for sure yeah so we will talk about well soon enough right a few weeks when is it november the what do you know off the top 11th, of your head 11th november 11th yeah because i just talked okay. to a fighter on that fight card so it's november 11th oh there we go all right so it will be short notice for both men but pavlovich was the backup already right for this fight I mean, he's been the backup for every title fight for the last <laughs> like three and, years and that's another thing like. uh wasn't uh who was the backup there were there was a backup for um last weekend's pay-per-view too who didn't end up getting the fight oh um, so yeah but that, moved it. to be fair that was very different circumstances so it was matthews yeah. gamrot and right, which right. by the way I, I like him as a replacement fighter that's kind of fun but i think that was for like fight week hijinks and shenanigans like they would need somebody yeah. on fight island already to go or yes island or whatever yeah. you want to call it they needed somebody yeah. there already ready to go and if it it, it fell apart far before then so there was plenty of time right. to ship somebody in who would sell better yep. and, and it sucks for matthews but he got paid and speaking of that uh volkanovsky uh, don't like where his head's at and don't like his comments like he's one of these guys is gonna have trouble walking away when it's time to walk away now i'm not saying it is already but he seems like he really he has to fight or he's has a lot of mental issues which and he's trying to rush back in in a couple months so yeah uh don't like don't like that especially coming off a, a knockout yeah i'm kind of just hoping he doesn't get cleared for january if i'm being right, honest right you know like that's the best case yeah. scenario he's just not cleared um yeah but i i don't know i, I mean like it, it's also upsetting that it's like the hardest test he's had at featherweight in a long time yeah. um because you know he got to fight korean zombie which is kind of a little bit more of a layup he got to fight uh, yeah, you're Rodriguez. Obviously, the max fights are, are difficult too, but like this is the first guy where you're like, maybe I don't pick him. Like, you have to at least like yeah. squint and think about it. Definitely. Yeah. A little concerned about him going forward, uh, Mr. Wolkanowski. Hopefully, he can pick up a hobby or something. Um, maybe he can start playing Underdog Fantasy because Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite football team all season long. Underdog has just introduced Scorchers. Go five for five and pick them Scorchers and enjoy a spicy. 100 times payout, and for a limited time, Underdog is extending the first deposit bonus up to 500 bucks. And if that's not enough for you, it should be. But if you're greedy and you want more, $100,000 Sundays continues on Underdog Fantasy. 10 lucky players will win 10000 bucks each week. Do you have an Underdog spicy play for us in any sport, Gumby? Since I said off the top, you're a man of all the sports. You know it all. Sure. Uh, if you get this in your ears before the Wednesday night NBA games kick off, take the higher than on Chet Holmgren's points and rebounds put together. Uh, I was just checking it out on the app myself. 21 and a half points and rebounds together. This guy's going to put up 
21 and a half points. So uh yeah, take Ooh. the yeah, take the the higher than on his points and rebounds combined. That is a spicy play. Yeah, take all the plays you you can on Chet Holgerman until he inevitably 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 gets easy for me to say gets hurt because yeah, you got to worry about that body type in the NBA. Oh, I know why he, you're picking he him. Put, he, he put on some muscle. He put on yeah. a little muscle. But this is a homer play. This is a Gonzaga play again. With you. It is a it is a homer Gonzaga <laughs> play. <laughs> it's true. All right. See, I told you he knows about NBA. He's NBA, MLB, MMA. What else? Is that it? I know a bit about Premier League soccer. Okay. NHL, no. A uh, little bit. I know the Bruins. That's ugh, like, I'm a Bruins ugh, guy. Ugh. We got a we got a 19-year-old rookie with three goals right now. Cool. Is he named Bobby Orr? Uh, Potras. Okay. All right. Anyhow, when you sign up with the promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit up to 500 bucks. Underdog Fantasy promo code SGPN. And the NBA Underdog Contest is in full effect. NBA is back baby and to celebrate we're giving away nba gambling podcast hoodie head over to sports gamblingpodcast.com slash nba dog dog submit a screenshot of you playing nba underdog using our promo code sgpn and one random winner will get an nba gambling podcast hoodie just go to sports gamblingpodcast.com slash nba dog we should give away hoodies too what do you think dan i i think there may be something in the works to potentially do Ooh, that in the very perhaps. near future perhaps that's what i am teasing that perhaps all right Enough no, other non-MMA talk. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty now, MMA. LFA, the biggest, they're still the biggest regional promotion around, right? No one's taken that crown yet from them. Just agree. Maybe Cage Warriors is coming up. Yeah, if you want to count them as as, uh, as regional, sure. Um, Fury, Fury's on its way up too, but LFA is probably still the biggest, and they have their 170th event going down this coming Friday, the 27th, 10 p.m. Eastern, UFC Fight Pass, LFA 170, Talunzik versus Frunza, and it's going down in Vail, Colorado, in the Dobson Arena. I'm going to ask you if you've been there. I know you probably have not. No, no, not at all. (laughs) I haven't been to Colorado either, at least as far as I remember. All right, we're going to start things off with a Canadian, hooray, Uh, women's flyweights. On the card, three five-minute fights. We've got Nira Rep versus Shannon Clark. So Shannon Clark would be the Canadian. Rep would be what flag is that? Bosnia and hurts hurts Bosnia. And I know she's from there because listen to her nickname in a moment. Um, tell you about Clark first, though. She's three and zero with three knockouts. Is a regional champion. Used to fight up at bantamweight, two inches taller than Rep. You know the odds. I can. I do. Them. Yeah, you can. You can let okay. him go. This one's pretty much a pick him. Clark is minus one ten, and then the Bosnian bombshell. She would be the one from Bosnia. Rap two and zero with two knockouts, two and zero in LFA. So both fights were in the big promotion LFA, and she's at minus one twenty. That's all I got on her. Gumby will know more about these people. Hopefully, do you have to do a lot of research for for these cards? The card we're doing today, and the card we're doing tomorrow. These two, I didn't. Do you know why I didn't have to do on these two? 
Sorry, what was you, you cut out there? What did you say? Uh, I said I didn't have to do any research on these two, and the reason really is because uh, I, both of them appeared on the Top Turtle MMA podcast this past oh, week. There you go. Yeah, there you go. So if you want to hear interviews with both of these two women, you can check those out this week. Uh, that episode dropped yesterday, so you'll get that. Um, the interesting thing about both these fighters is they fight so similarly. That's why you see the odds where they are: negative one twenty, negative one ten. Um, they both like to get in the clinch. They're both bruisers. They're both so physically strong for this division um one of them trains at factory x the other one trains at a police station in canada <laughs> um which really i i wish i was kidding like I, I was talking to her and she was like yeah no i just trained at this local police station with the cops and i was like it like took me a second for it to dawn on me that it was like a true statement and then i like checked out her yeah. instagram and it's like nah she's just training with cops this is cool um and I'm actually going to go with the Canadian here because the difference maker for me is when you see Neyra, it, and it's Neyra, by the way, Neyra rep right. uh, in the clinch, she does a lot of the fundamental things incorrect. Like she doesn't dig for underhooks properly. Um, you know, her head position is sometimes a little wonky. It's on the temple instead of under the chin line. Um, she, she's not constantly digging for what she needs. She doesn't work for takedowns. She's just kind of throwing to the body. And Clark... Uh, Clark sometimes looks a little clumsy on her feet. Like she falls down, like throwing kicks sometimes, but like she does more consistently throw strikes that are in range. She works the legs exceptionally well. She's probably physically stronger. Her technique in the clinch is a lot better. Her top game is, is a lot sharper. Uh, and in general, I, I think the other thing that is going to be the biggest difference maker is she just kind of like weaponizes her cardio. She's one of those fighters who is like in your face and working all the time. And people just get tough. Like I watched her fight for unified MMA and her opponent just, she just basically quit because she was so exhausted and she had jacked up her leg pretty bad too. So like, I like the cardio of, of Clark and I think it's going to take over here. I, I was, she was an underdog like three days ago. So I think other people are seeing the same thing. So uh, if you are thinking about getting in on Clark, do it sooner rather than later because she might fluctuate all the way to the favorite soon. All right, go Canada. Yeah, the odds, uh, I did the odds yesterday and then I updated them today. And yeah, a lot of them have changed drastically. I guess there's not a heck of a lot of money coming in on regional stuff. So if some smarts put some money in, it's going to change the line. If Turnip is in here, uh, changing lines, then uh, throw money down, then the, the books have to uh, respect that. So, all right, uh, let's move up to Featherweight, shall we, on the men's side? Cal Machado, we spoke about him before, have we not? No, different Cal Machado. Although we, really? we might okay. have talked about this one, too. When Maybe when he fought Jonas Villarino. Um, but, like, then there's a Cal Machado who made the UFC from, like, that weird contender series fight that was terrible. Right, right. And he's technically Canadian in my books, right? The other one? The, the other one is Canadian. This yes. one, not okay. Canadian. <laughs> All right. And uh, this this Cal Machado is from, you guessed it, Brazil. He's fighting Ilior Bakhitar Ulu. U-U-L-U is his last name. So um would be good in Scrabble if, if you had a whole bunch of U's and L's uh, and you could write his name. And they don't let you use names, though, like that in Scrabble. All right, I'm going to tell you about... Machado first. Lionheart is the name. 16 and 8. 8 knockouts, 4 submissions. He's been knocked out 4 times, submitted once. 1 in 3 in LFA. 2 and 1 over his last 3. 5 and 2 over his last 7. Got knocked out in his last fight. Is a regional champion. Used to fight, or was. Used to fight down a Bantamweight. 2011 Pro MMA debut, plus 165. Ulu. I assume it's Ulu, not, or is it Ulu? I believe it's Ulu, and I, if I'm not mistaken, it's a, a term used by... Um... 
like Kyrgyzstani. I think it's Kyrgyzstan. I see most of these fighters from. That's where he's from, right? Oh yeah, I was looking that up. Was I not? Um, I think he's Kyrgyzstan. Um, I think it's a yes, uh, last name used from Kyrgyzstan. It means something like son of or junior or something of that okay. effect. So like his his actual like name is the just uh, Bakitar. Okay, got it. Um, all right, he is seven one, two knockouts, one submission. He's never been finishing a fight. This is his debut in LFA. He's won five straight fights. Whoever he's not fought since September 2022. Two inches in Machado, minus 205. So Machado is kind of one of those fighters who, like, moves forward a whole lot but doesn't throw very much. Almost like in a way that, like, as he gets close to you, he starts worrying that you're going to counter him. Um, I saw that in the Billarino fight. The, the Billarino fight is the one that really sticks out to me. And it just happened that he did that so long, so many times, that he wanted to be in a body kicking and going down and getting TKO'd. Before that, sometimes he gets on the inside and does some like body locks. But I'll be honest, I'm, I'm like not super impressed with his body lock takedowns. And uh, Bakhtiar is, is just like a guy who is hyper explosive on the feet, like spinning kicks, spinning elbows you know, big hooks, all that kind of stuff. I think the fact that he's just more aggressive is why he's the favorite here. You said negative 205. Oh, he 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 timed out here. So are we still there? Hello? I am still here. Hello, hello. Okay. I said negative 205 on box. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, Minus two. Yeah, sorry. You cut out once in a while here. Minus 205 is correct. Well, hopefully I'm not cutting out for the the listeners. But anyway, uh, yeah, like I, I just think, that's worth a play, him being like the more aggressive guy and the guy with the KO power. So I'll, I'll take uh, Bakhtiar here. I, I think he gets it done in his, by just being like more aggressive, more explosive, having ways to finish the fight. Um, he caught me ignoring him while he's talking, as per usual. <laughs> now, I'm on, now I'm on camera getting caught. Oh, well. Um, all right, let's move on. You're just to getting fight, the next though. thing ready. Nobody's judging. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, all right, uh, we're on to featherweights again. AJ Robb from the United States of America versus Isaac Thompson from Australia, I believe. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Or is he from New Zealand? He is from Australia. All right, who shall we talk about first? We shall talk about Rob first. Yep, <laughs> six and two, two knockouts, three submissions. He's been submitted once, one and two in LFA. He's won five straight fights, all via finish. So now he's back in LFA. Uh, he's not lost since November 2018. Used to fight uh, down at Bantamweight. 0-1 is pro boxer, plus 300. Thompson, 5-1 with four knockouts. He's been knocked out once. 2-1 in LFA. He's won three straight fights, two straight via knockout or TKO. Used to fight up at lightweight. So we got lightweight versus the Bantamweight, former. Uh, four inches taller than Rob, minus 400. So I'll be honest, when I was breaking this one down, I was thinking Isak Thompson, and it is Isak, I believe, not Isaac. If I know that that's weird and it looks like Isaac, but I'm pretty sure he goes by Isak. Um, but but Thompson, I thought was going to come in as like a slight favorite. Like I thought he'd be the same kind of favorite as Bakhtiar would be, like right around negative 200. So when I saw negative 400, it did make me a little hesitant, but I'm still going to pick him to win here because Rob... Rob's one of those guys who just like throws the kitchen sink and in like anytime he's in a scramble just tries to muscle the position and it's worked really well for him so far because he is so strong but like Thompson first of all alpha male guy which I know sometimes we fade alpha male guys but on the regional scene alpha male guys have a little bit better of a chance and then on top of that too he uses like really good push kicks and kicks to the front and feints on the push kicks to just keep that range and keep somebody away from him He's a far faster striker. He's a far more explosive striker. He's just like a guy who's quite a bit better than Rob. 
So at the end of the day, I think like Rob, if he gets in any grappling positions, isn't going to fare well because he's fighting an alpha male guy. And at the end of the day, Thompson is just a guy who's like going to pick him apart on the feet. So yeah, give me the longer, taller, stronger Thompson. That sounds like something I would say. Yeah, you love the, you love length. Yes, it's true. Um, All right. Thompson is the pick. We're going to move on after I tell you about Hall of Fame bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, MLB, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea in the Hall of Fame bets revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame bets. We are moving right along with all the research we have done for you for LFA. Uh, Co-main event time, and it is called a co-main event. Hayward Charles from the... America versus Miktebek Oralbi. Oralbi, is that right? Oralbi from Moitebek. Moitebek Oralbi. And he's from Kyrgyzstan. Uh, Kyrgyzstan again. Yeah. Second one? Second one from Kyrgyzstan. Yes, he is. Yes. All right. How do you say his last name again? Oralbi. Oralbi. Okay. Easy enough. Charles is the hybrid. He's 18 to 14. One knockout, 16 submissions. So we know what he's looking for in fights. He's been knocked out six times, submitted once. One and two in LFA. Two and one over his last three. Two and four over his last six. He did win his last fight via submission. Used fight at Bantamweight and light heavyweight. Was a regional champion. 2011 pro MMA debut. 0-1 in boxing. Three inches tall in Oral Bay. Plus 775. Oral Bay is 10-1-1. I said his name two different ways there, I know. Five knockouts, four submissions. He's 2-0 in LFA. Five straight fights. One his last one via one five straight. Last one via TKO. Uh, that his last loss December twenty twenty. Used to fight at lightweight minus thirteen hundred. <laughs> so first of all, I, I got a question. Something. Did you say fought at bantamweight and light heavyweight? No, I'm sorry, not bantamweight. Middleweight. <laughs> oh, middleweight. middleweight. <laughs> That's why you're chuckling. Middle. If I said bantamweight, I thought you, my apologies. I thought you said bantamweight and though. light heavyweight, and I was that like, would be some <laughs> BJ Penn type stuff there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like a deserved negative thirteen hundred here. So I think I've said in the past, I'm like not the biggest. Moitebek Orobai guy like I, I think he's got great wrestling and super good top game and like good ground and pound I just think there are holes for him but at the same time like they fed him this has to be a late replacement and I don't know for sure that it is but it has to be um because they're feeding him a journeyman here you know like a 32 fight journeyman who's got what put like 18 wins in those 32 fights um they're feeding him a journeyman and if you watched Hayward Charles at fight ever before he's a pole guard guy like he's a guy who literally is like just trying to like wave hands in your face until he gets close enough to you to pull guard. And like Oral Bai is not going to get subbed by a guy laying on his back. So Oral Bai is just going to take that position and punch his head in. Um, negative 1300, obviously not the most tempting one I've ever seen in my whole life, but like he's, this is his fight. There's, don't get swayed by seeing a big fat number on a guy with a ton of submissions. Do you see him making the UFC? one day so if you asked me one fight ago before his last fight i was a naysayer on him and i probably would have said no um i I think he's got like some holes in his stand-up game i I really would like to see him against a striker 
Um, you know, against somebody with like a little bit of length. Like I, I would take him, I would love to watch him fight either of these two guys in the main event. Like this Harris Talunzic or Daniel Frenza, whoever walks out of this one with a win would be a really fun fight for Orobai. One of them instead will probably get a title fight, um, which is kind of upsetting. Uh, cause like Orobai needs to be fighting somebody with hands. May, I mean, maybe he'll get the loser because it's still a step up from Hayward Charles. Um, but like, he's got to fight somebody with hands and let me see what that looks like before I'll really, you know, put a stamp on him going to the UFC. Why are you such an oral by hater? Uh, cause, uh, well, last time I, I bet the guy against him and I think it was plus 600 and he looked really bad. Um, but also just like, you know, like there's the, the prelims and the, the regional scene and everything is like filled with dudes with like high level wrestling, either like, you know, junior college wrestling, D1 wrestling came from, you know, an Eastern Bloc or former Soviet country, like they're filled with those kind of people. And then like, you want to see them round their game out. You want to see them be a complete fighter before they wind up, you know, kind of on the big stage with only like one skill set. All right. Fantastic. There you go. Show, show damn more if you want to win them over. All right. Main event time. Harris Talunzik versus Daniel Frunza. Uh, Talunzik is from, he's Bosnia as well. Is he not? I believe yes. so. He's from Bosnia. Yes. Because he has a Bosnian nickname again. Uh, Daniel Frenza is from, do you know this one off the top of your head, Dan? The Italian? Nope. Romania. Oh, okay. Didn't know that. <laughs> same same general part of the world. Sure. Um, his nickname is, uh, Frenza's nickname is Tigano or Tigano. Do you know what that means? Not Sigano. I definitely don't yeah. know any Romanian, so... Tagano means gypsy, and that would be Frenza. He is seven and two with six knockouts. He's been submitted twice, so it's, he's been finishing both his losses. One no in LFA. He's won three straight fights in seven of eight. All three of his uh, last three wins, so his three three fight winning streak, have come via knockout or TKO. He's at plus two fifteen. Tolunzic, the Bosnian silverback. Do they have silverbacks in Bosnia? I'm guessing we- they don't. Except in, no. except, in, except in zoos, yes. Um, he is six and one with three submissions, never been finished in a fight. Five and one in LFA, won his last fight via submission. He's a year younger than Frenza, minus 249. Uh, I'm actually gonna go dog here. Uh, I'm gonna take Frenza in the main event. You said plus 215. Um, I, I, uh, plus 215, yep, yeah. I, I, I like so. Here's the thing I think Talunzic is a more complete fighter, I think he's got so much more going for him. Uh, he, he throws really good combinations. Uh, when he shoots a takedown, it's great. My problem is, is this, like, sometimes it takes him a really long time to find the range. And he also like, just doesn't go to the takedown early enough and definitely not often enough. So like we we're winding up with a guy here who like his best attribute is his grappling. And, and sometimes he just doesn't use it enough for me. And it really cost him, you know, the last time he was in an LFA main event, was it Chris Brown who beat him? Um, you know, like he, he just didn't use the stuff that he does best early enough. And the thing about standing and trading with Frunza is Frunza, like I said, not as complete of a fighter, but he hits like a truck. Like this dude throws absolute haymakers. And I think the problem with Talunzic when he finds range, he's just like a little bit too hittable. So I, I do think Frunza, especially at 215, is like an incredible value. All righty, there we go. Gumby finishes things off for this episode with a dog for us. All right, let's recap. Franza as a dog, Orobai as a vi- humongous favorite. Is that a throw him in a parlay material for him? Or I mean, you have a it, it's not even going to make it's not even going to make the number better. Like, I guess, I guess, look for him by TKO if your books, you know, list that kind of stuff. 
Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, what else we got here? Thompson as a pretty big favorite. Uh, Ulu as a smaller favorite. And then Clark is basically a pick em. Did I get all those correct? That sounds right to me. All right. We're out of here. We're out of your holes, but we're going to be back tomorrow with the finish off our regional MMA week with a cage warriors fight cards are going down from Italy till then we shall be in the discord. We're always in the discord sports slash discord. If you have any questions, concerns, or you just want to come in and chat, that's the place to be uh, Twitter SGPN MMA Gumby runs that account for us. He is at Gumby Vreeland. I'm at Jeff Fox writer on Twitter and on Instagram. You can listen to Gumby's other podcast, the top turtle MMA podcast minus me. I listen to it, but I'm not on it. Uh, who is on it this week with you, other than your so, host? So three people we just talked to uh, about uh, Harris Talunzik, uh, who's main eventing LFA this weekend, and then Naira Rep and Shannon Clark, who are fighting each other a little bit earlier on. Gumby's only picked one of them to win. So well, I couldn't pick, pick more than two. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it is true. Uh, what else? Oh, my sub stack. I subscribe to my sub stack. Get all my writings and podcasts in your inbox. And also my weekly pick'em contest at moneymma.substack.com. And everything, as I said off the top, all good things in the sports gambling world is at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. And don't forget our Patreon, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. We'll be back tomorrow with another regional event, Cage Warriors 163. Uh, who will be along for the ride? It'll be, it'll be me, the Bosnian Silverback, and my co-host, the Bosnian Bombshell. We'll be there as well. We'll talk to you then. Bye-bye.